Now these celebs don't even bathe their kids. Welcome back to another episode of Lyrics for Lunch, the show that asks, hey, can I ruin this for you? Yes. I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm your host. This is the show that does deep dives into the secret histories behind your favorite or maybe not so favorite songs and artists. I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I already said that. This is going to be one of those episodes where the sun sets while we're talking. Uh, joining me this week and every week is, do I introduce you, Lindsay Tucker? I sometimes you say so many times. Sometimes you like saying your own name. Do I? Lindsay Tucker. Hey. What's going on, Lindsay? Well. <laughs> Great. It's it's been a week. It it has been a week. What a, what a crazy week it has been. Yeah. So, just glad to round it out with all you listeners out there. And I think this one, maybe we will we'll try not to ruin it for you. Well, I don't know. Don't no, no, it, no promises. It's, it's probably gonna ruin some things for you, like yeah, your great. mood and your <laughs> faith in humanity. But maybe not. Great. I'm on the edge of my it's the seat usual. Here. So, Aviv, let me start out by asking you: Have you heard of Win Wiley? Nope. No. <laughs> Well, Wynn Wiley was born in the 90s, but their drag persona, Patty Gonia, was born on a mountaintop in Colorado in 2018 in six-inch patent leather boots. Okay, so already wasn't yeah. even a how are you. <laughs> there wasn't even like a it's almost Christmas time. We're it's just Christmas on. time again. <laughs> is it Hanukkah today? It is. It is. We're in the Hanukkah window. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. I don't care. <laughs> Famously, I'm a Grinch and hate all holidays. But, okay. So, Wim? Wim. Win. Win. Like Steve Win, but not. Okay, so W-I-N-N. Steve Win. This is W-Y-N. So not like Just Steve telling you how all. to pronounce it. Sure. <laughs> Win Wiley. Which already sounds like a drag name, has a drag persona named Patty Gonia, who was not, despite all indications otherwise, born in Patagonia, but rather born on a mountaintop in Colorado in six-inch patent leather boots. Yes, click that link. Oh, shit! Oh, shit. Hike a mile in these heels, because oh, girl, my ankles hurt. So not a ton of drag. Literally just the heels and like normal cis presenting man. I I shouldn't say normal. Just cis presenting man. Run of the mill. But he slays. They slay? She slays? What are Patty's pronouns? Wynn uses he, they pronouns when out of drag and she, they while in drag. So we'll just go with they... Because this is half drag. Eating hot yeah. Cheetos, slaying. Yes. Sunset, twirling, some shillelaghs. Ow, everything hurts. Backwards I'm baseball cap. Yeah, so this video goes viral. Okay. <laughs> I mean, um, I have to stress for the for the audio only listeners, it's like Bro dude up top, sleigh boots on on the bottom. So I get it. I get why it would go viral. Um, when you hear Patty slash Win talk about it now, they say, I woke up to 3 million views. Today on TikTok, this video has almost 2 million views and the original IG post I assume it's the original IG post from October 2018. It's the first post on Patagonia's Instagram. This has, you know, slightly less, but maybe it's we're doing a combined count. That would make sense. Yeah. Okay. I mean, this also looks like it's like a repost. Yeah. 
right? Mm-hmm. So, right. On, on TikTok, because it's on later. TikTok. Like, when did TikTok even come out? I don't know. TikTok came it out. It started on Instagram. Or, or, oh, it did. Okay. So, it uh-huh. started on Instagram. Lo- lots of views. It's overnight sensation. For sure. Lady in the sheets, but a freak on the peaks. <laughs> this is Colorado as fuck, by the way. Like, even the drag queen's hike. <laughs> um, so that's October 2018, and Wynn says that's when Patty took the stage. Okay. Patty is a drag queen, activist, and environmentalist who co-founded the Outdoorist Oath in 2022, which is an organization that fosters outdoor community for BIPOC, queer, and underrepresented groups. Sick. They I mean, also sick in bring... a good way, not like, that's sick. They should stay inside. <laughs> I mean, I know, but... Uh, sad that you had to say that. Um, they take pride to rural areas across the country and perform at sold-out climate-themed drag shows. So let's meet them. This drag queen married LGBTQIA+. Plus, uh, I just oh, activism and environmentalism. Third year in a row. No planet, no, no planet, pride. No pride. When people hear that I'm a drag queen that's also an environmentalist, they're like, oh, what a weird combo. But what's so interesting is, is that drag has always been for protest and drag has always been for social justice. And I feel like what I'm trying to do with it is just trying to intersect it with environmental justice. I love the big fake mustache. I just like don't like mustaches on anyone. I think it's hilarious in this. (laughs) It's very funny. So she's so she's in full drag, giant hair big park ranger mustache drag has been a really beautiful vehicle for me to not only get outside myself but also to bring other people outdoors and to really build queer community outdoors for a lot of other people that really don't have necessarily community outside community that looks like them that is them uh so we're doing it together i can't i i they they really missed an opportunity to be like this person mixes can camp with camp. Well, you nailed it. When Patty was born four years ago, I was going through a little bit of a quarter life crisis. I really wanted to move my life in a different direction. And I went on this big backpacking trip with a few friends and we took a few photos and a few videos. It was very fun. Came home, edited a little video, posted it online thought that 30 of my friends would like this video and woke up to 3 million views. And yes, it was this viral moment, but I also was getting hundreds of messages from queer people across the world that were saying, I just want to thank you for your work. And and I was like, wow, there are so many queer people in the outdoor and environmental spaces. Let's bring them together. Sure, sure. Patty's huge online following has given her the we ability to host events many outdoor pride events. To keep pride alive and to get people outdoors. We just finished wrapping up Pride in Yosemite for almost a thousand park employees that came out to celebrate Pride. My theory of change is to get as many people from underrepresented backgrounds outdoors as possible. Because I think we ask people all the time to fight for climate, but we forget a very important first step, which is to go outdoors and to connect to climate because I think that we fight for what we love. People can support the work that we are doing by following along and by coming outdoors with us. We don't want this to just be an online thing. We're constantly doing different events to get people outdoors. So please come on a group hike. Please follow along to see if we have any opportunities for backpacking trips or camping trips. This is cool. Yeah. I hope I'm not like spoiling anything by saying like just being you know, openly queer out in public is like an act of protest because it was something that is like was so kept indoors behind behind the closet door for so long. Yeah, absolutely. No, you're not spoiling anything. Um, I also wanted to give you a chance to plug your Andre episode because that. Yeah, we did a whole whole Ru- history of RuPaul episode, which is our one of our worst performing episodes of all time for some reason. Makes no sense. Uh, makes no sense. I think it's a pretty good episode. RuPaul was a punk. And uh, yeah, you should check that episode out. And the episode is called? Uh, is RuPaul a catwalking contradiction? Did we use RuPaul in the name? Uh, Andre, no. Andre Benjamin. Maybe that's why the episode is doing so poorly. Andre, not Andre Benjamin, because that's uh, Andre 3000. Andre Charles, a catwalking contradiction. Maybe we should change the name. Maybe we should change the name. Say, be tested. Hey, check out, check out this week for our rebroadcast. 
with a new name of our RuPaul episode, which does not use the word RuPaul in the title because we're idiots. <laughs> okay, so Patty was named one of Time's next generation leaders this year. Her environmental activism has brought her to the White House and recently to Alaska, where she's under she Trump, it- right? <laughs> where Trump's White House? Yeah. <laughs> Our best uh, president. <laughs> please don't even say that name in my presence. Also, same with Ron DeSantis. So just leave those. This is a safe space. Well, if we're talking about drag, I'm sure that we're going to get to those fucking goblins at some point. Maybe we won't. Let's hope not. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So her environmental brought her to the weight house. And recently to Alaska, where she filmed a climate music video with Yo-Yo Ma and indigenous trans musician Quinn Christopherson. And that's what we're talking about today. Wait a minute. 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 I feel like I feel like I feel like Jennifer Lawrence on that episode of Hot Ones. What do you wait? What do you mean? So first of all, cellos don't do well in the cold. Quinn Christopherson? Christopher Christopherson. Quinn Christopherson. Okay. I heard Quinn Christofferson. And I, was <laughs> I feel like, like I tried like really a- hard to pronounce it right, so I- I'm not I'm worried. sure you did. A few moments ago. Quinn Christofferson. I just, I was like, is this like a Chris Christofferson riff? Like, what's going on? Okay, here we go. And that's what we're talking about today. Okay. So this is Patagonia's Won't Give Up featuring Yo-Yo Ma and Quinn Christofferson. Quinn Christofferson. <laughs> This song is like very earnest and we have a tendency to be very cynical on this show. So I just want to like go into this with the mind of positivity and Uh supporting movements that. I feel like this is pointed at me. (laughs) Because I just did five whole minutes on Quinn (laughs) Quistoffelson. All right, here we go. Just keep the spirit of the movement in your heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so ice caps are melting. And spilling into I'm just describing this yes, spilling into the water. It is fine. Like a swan, Patty raises her arms draped against the background of a, the last glacier. Well I'm not Fuck yes. I love this fucking mustache. I'm not gonna say <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> I won't see Mustaches you made me on deeply uncomfortable. Even when I feel tired I won't stop you and I This is quick On on, on an ice sheet floating in the ocean Even when I feel tired I won't stop trying I've seen the sun shine Before all this grain Always find light still The breaking of day I won't give up Never giving up on you. Never giving up on you. So they're Quinn and, and Patty are singing at each other, but they mean the earth, right? Never giving up on the earth for a minute. Never giving up on the planet and each other. Sure. And then there's Yo-Yo Ma just in the middle of a field. The cold is not good for cellos. Smiling at the breeze. Problem is, I think this song is pretty good, but not. Yeah, not quite quick. Not quite good enough. Like there's like the pre-chorus section kind of brings it down, but the the verse is good. The chorus is pretty good. This this is the part that I'm like, you don't need this. 
I saw you burning up in the night. I'm just saying, like, not lyrically. I'm saying, like, musically, it, it drags it down a little bit. The song's like five minutes long. Because the ver- the verses and the, and the chorus are pretty triumphant, and then the pre-chorus is like a little more like thoughtful, just feels out of place. But I think it's like generally the song is pretty good. It's catchy. It was. It is very in my earnest all day. And yeah. It's very earnest. Yeah. Which to me, I'm like, you have to have guts to do something this earnest. Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially like. In drag, because we because we know drag is like it is very earnest, but it's also very like you know camp is there is like the sarcasm or or cynicism in some of drag. It's like lampooning something. So this is just like v- very sincere. Just looking at the sky. And they're, and, and they're like in Antarctica? Is that what you said? I'm going to tell you everything, but okay. uh, Alaska. Alaska, sure. Sure, 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 sure. Oh, and then they hold hands. We won't give up on nature. We won't give up on each other. Okay. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best to be, don't don't tell me they like flew in a private jet there or something. No, I'm not I'm not today isn't that kind of episode. Okay, good. Uh today is all about uh shining on a light on the interesting things that people of the world are doing. Okay. <laughs> so don't do you worry. remember do you remember there is a there is a video from like maybe fifteen years ago or so of this dude doing a dance like the same weird silly dance like in different places around the world And like a bunch of people came in and did the silly dance with him. No. Th- this this feels like that. This feels very like 2008. Hopey changey. We're gonna elect Obama. Like like the world is not a shitty place if we don't want it to be. Oh, I would like a lot more of that in my life. I agree. I mean, I would like, I would like that to, I would like that to be true, but uh, yeah, that's that's what this feels like to me. Won't give up was produced by Grammy Award winning producer Tyler Chester and featured performances by players violinist Paul Cartwright of Kendrick Lamar, Bright Eyes, and Olivia Rodrigo. What a what a fucking resume! <laughs> Holy fuck! And drummer James McAllister. Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran, Sufjan Stevens. Sufjan? You've, n- you've never <laughs> pronounced Sufjan Stevens out loud? No, I have. I don't know why I did that. Sufjan. <laughs> I just read it. I'm like, surfer jam. <laughs> yeah. He owes me 49 <laughs> more states, motherfucker. The new single was created as a climate movement. Oh, because of Chicago? So he wrote. <laughs> I think he did two, maybe he did two states, but he he was gonna do like a fifty states project, and the first one was Illinois, Illinois, and that's what Chicago is on is the Illinois album, and he's like I'm gonna do all fifty, and then he just stopped after Illinois. Hmm. This is a terrible yeah. idea, and I'm gonna forget I ever said this. Peace. <laughs> so won't give up is released as a single, and it was created as a climate movement anthem. Okay. Quote Patty. 
Drag history has always been activism. I'm just trying to use my art and fight for what I love. Well, growing up, I loved nature. I loved being a little queer kid, exploring the outdoors, and queerness is about looking at who you are and realizing that you might be different than the ecosystem that you are necessarily in. And so I think that queerness is everywhere in nature. You know, if we look at our oceans, every single clownfish possesses the ability to transition within their lifetime. Five years ago, Wynne got the inspiration for Patty during a hike to the top of the Continental Divide in Colorado. The professional photographer never turned back and now has nearly a million followers on Instagram and TikTok combined. Birds tell us to act on climate. Harnessing the power of the internet to I love this Marie Antoinette made of trash thing. That's my favorite yeah. one. If we look I have at the notes traditional for you on that. We just haven't got there. Being queer, it's oftentimes running to big cities for acceptance. But I think actually there's a lot of queer people that are running to the environmental movement. Queer! Has the climate community what been receptive and inclusive? The climate movement has diversity issues, just like everything else. It is incredibly white. It is incredibly straight. It's incredibly privileged. So I want a climate movement that's more diverse. They now also help organize pride events, like this one in Atlanta just last weekend. It all helps connect LGBTQ hikers and nature lovers with each other. Isn't it crazy? And to get a little glam. I even got a Patagonia makeover. <laughs> so this is what we call trash powder. Oh. <laughs> so it's really, I mean, it's, all, it's just powder, but you are such a great drag mom. Thank you. And this is Patty's masterpiece. It's trash that we gathered from our neighbors, from ourselves, and we used it to create this skirt that is for the so-called Marie Trashinette. Mm -hmm. And so it's a big skirt with big hip pads and it looks different when I'm wearing it. It looks like a mound of trash now, but it looks like a mound of trash on the body. I mean, I think that that's just like such a beautiful like connection of, of all of the things together, right? Marie Antoinette yeah. famously like gets a bad rap, but famously like a feat and and rich and and uh, stuck up and all this other stuff, right? Looking down on the on the poor people. And so like doing her in trash is funny, right? It's like that is funny. I get the lampoon and then also like it's the trash that we collected from like the waste of society. It like all works together really, really beautifully. Surprise like like it's one of those things where I'm surprised it hasn't happened earlier. Like I'm mm. surprised it's not like a famous th a, a, a thing that we famously all know that this ha like was done. So I'm going to send you this. Um, this is the Instagram post in which Patty introduced Marie Trashinette to the world not the in not the best name for it but sure <laughs> yeah. we can't, can't all be perfect it's a little earnest again a little yeah. literal but um this was december 2020 this is pandemic time oh yeah so marie trashinette is like singing imagine in her backyard <laughs> oh god little squares yeah that's that's <laughs> what i when, when we're talking about like things that are like painfully earnest that's like what I immediately go to is like singing Imagine and on your fucking estate. So this is uh, Patty's Instagram post for Marie. She says, Marie Trashnet made out of 100 plus pieces of trash. I mean, I think we nailed it. This dress was born of a problem over the past year. I've used more single use plastic than ever, much of which has been out of my control because of the pandemic. So I decided to do something about it. My best friend, my wig maker, and I came together uh, to concept and bring to life this look made of trash from our time in quarantine. I can now officially embrace what the haters have been saying about me for years. Patagonia is 100% trash. Let's all try our best to focus on not getting down about what we can't control in the pandemic when it comes to single-use waste. Refu refuse, reduce, reuse, recycle. And if all that fails, make some fashion out of your trashin. <laughs> and some credits. So the dress was made by Dana Turnblom. Anything else? Concept yours truly. Concept yours truly. Wig, etc., etc., etc. I I actually have a lot to say about this. Um, sure. And this is going to sound like a plug. It kind of is, but um. So I I have a friend named Daniel. We've mentioned him on the show numerous times. I think he's still a listener. And uh, Dan and I have been very close best friends since college. Dan's wife Ashley, who I'm also friends with, um, started 
she's like really her crusade is like ending single use plastics and so she started this business called kiko box in 2018 or 19 that was going to try to get rid of single use plastics from like stadiums and food halls so it would be like ceramic or whatever reusable containers that get dropped into these bins and then returned and then like she was just about to launch and i think like giant stadium like a huge huge fucking pilot and the pandemic hit and no one wanted to reuse anything right like part of the pandemic was that everything had to be thrown away because who knows where these germs could live and so they we were we were bubbled with them and they live out in the fucking woods I, you've you've seen their house in a couple episodes of our show when i'm like up there dog sitting not only single is our single use plastics horrible but they like couldn't get anything delivered to their house because they live up in the fucking woods and so ashley started a company called in good company that delivers chef made frozen meals to people's doors in reusable aluminum containers that you return to the company on your next order and so like i have like i've done some videos for them um i i've been like kind of around this company as it's been growing and so all of this data on single-use plastics is like rattling around in my brain, and it's like more horrible than you can even imagine. Like, like eighty to ninety percent of all plastics that say are they are recyclable are not recyclable. Plastic, in my opinion, is just flat out not recyclable. It's, it's yeah, like that's the like, biggest lie that was ever sold. It is. It is in the same way that like if you if the wind blows the right way, you might one day get your student loans forgiven, but ninety-five percent of people won't. Same with th- same thing with single use plastics. Like like one out of every hundred things that you try to recycle that is plastic may get recycled. And so the yeah, it is a total lie, and it is a total like like grift from the people that are producing these things to make you feel better about using them and tossing them away. And the answer is like a giant systematic change and getting literally getting rid of these single use plastics. The other thing I I have so much to say. Oh about my god. This. I'm sorry. So I lived in Cambodia for a while and Cambodia is still technically a developing nation and there's trash fucking everywhere. And like, I'm going to like, this story does not make me look very smart. I was there for like a couple of months and then I asked my like host family or whatever, like what the deal, what's the deal with the trash everywhere? Like what, like, isn't it easy to just throw it in a trash can? And he's like, yeah, but until about 10 years ago, Everything came, well, no, until about 20 years ago, everything came wrapped in a banana leaf, right? All of the packaging was natural, biodegradable. And so culturally, for how as long as Cambodia has been a country, and I'm sure it's the same other places, that you can eat something in the package and then throw the package out the window of your house or car or whatever, and it would just, it would just decompose because it's made of natural material. And so the culture has not caught up with like the new prod the new that's in a thousand scare quotes better product which is plastic and they're still throwing things on the ground hoping that they'll biodegrade when we've like we've made the problem by by making it better and more profitable for people we've made the earth so much worse yeah that's kind of the point of leave the world behind yeah right so, yeah, America creates more plastic waste than any other country, according to a National Academy of Sciences We're study. number one. We're number one. Each American discards an average of 287 pounds of plastic every year, which is Whoop. two to eight times higher than other countries. Almost twice as much as China and more than the entire European Union combined. Disgusting. Fucking because disgusting. Because of its strong chemical bonds, plastic doesn't biodegrade in the environment you dumbasses (laughs) but but like this is this is an education problem right when i was a kid i think about this all the time when i was a kid like kindergarten the kindergarten teacher was like teaching us about like fucking seatbelts. like they were trying to like be the change that they wanted to see in the world so they're like if you're dad doesn't wear a seatbelt in the car tell him that you want him to be safe and please wear a seatbelt. and i like wound up doing that and it didn't work well for my dad um but didn't uh, work well for your dad it didn't work well for me asking my dad to do something to oh. change his behavior because you know there's those weird statistics of someone who was like impaled by their seatbelt. I certainly <laughs> that's do. what i thought you're kidding no at. no no <laughs> yeah my dad's my like dad angrily puts on a seatbelt for me and then <laughs> lost himself in half 
<laughs> no, so the so one of them was about paper and plastic bags at the grocery store. And I distinctly remember my kindergarten teacher being like, always get plastic because you can reuse those and the paper ones cut down trees. And so I got pla- I would like had that in my head for years, always got plastic at the supermarket. We, like many other families, had a bag of bags mm-hmm. that eventually got thrown away or is still underneath the sink somewhere. And it's like so fucking wasteful, but it's an education problem, right? Just like just like the companies have convinced us that we can actually recycle these plastic bottles, which we can't. We like we we try our best, but like what are what are we to do? I don't know if you've ever like tried the experiment of like how much single use plastic can I ex- actually cut out of my life? Yeah, and it is. Like when you read Patty's caption, like this year I've consumed more single waste plastic than ever before, most of it out of my control. You know, I'm always like a hold yourself accountable kind of person, but like. There's a pandemic on. What are you going to do? I've literally yeah. tried uh, to hold my own self accountable and it's like they don't sell like you want to buy mushrooms at the grocery store. They're fucking in a single-use plastic container. Mm-hmm. They're not like loose, like just scoop your own mushrooms because that would be too easy. So some sometimes <laughs> some but then if you if you want to go to the place with the scoop your own mushrooms bin, then you have to drive ten miles further and pay way and more. Pay, pay way more and and like you're you're putting toxins into the air, right? Like like the biggest grift that these corporations ever pulled was convincing us that that environmentalism was an individual struggle oh yeah so even like years and years and years ago because cowspiracy is so old now that documentary about about the cow flatulence it's about uh animal agriculture and how it's killing the planet cool and there's um a lot of interesting graphs in that film that show like because there was this huge movement of like, take shorter showers. I remember sure. Jennifer Aniston saying like, I, I take a quick shower. Like I'm saving water. Now um, these celebs don't even bathe their kids. <laughs> so the graph was like human water consumption this much. Mm-hmm. Animal agriculture water yeah, consumption yeah, yeah. this much. Like CO2 emissions, humans this much. Animal agriculture. When I say humans, I mean individuals. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's big industry that is causing... The decay of the earth. Yeah, and and when we say animal agriculture, I know that like so spoilers. Lindsay is like a big vegetarian. Um, I am not big old vegetarian. No, no, no. Lindsay, Lindsay doesn't eat meat. Uh, I do. But when we talk about animal agriculture, we're not just talking about how much water it takes to feed and maintain like a cow on this farm but also like the assembly lines the the butchery the the freezing the truck the packing the shipping it across the country and trucks all this stuff takes Google so deforestation, much deforestation animal agriculture yeah people think that the paper industry the logging industry is is responsible for deforestation but it's not because like they would put themselves out of business like they're the ones that are actually replanting all the trees at a pretty reasonable clip it's all the other industries that are that are deforesting the whole fucking world yeah so watch cowspiracy <laughs> so so we are gonna be bummed is what i'm hearing I really tried to keep this one positive. I know. I I <laughs> had my first the the what I know now is a panic attack when I was 9 years old about specifically about the environment. Do you remember learning like the ozone layer is getting a hole in it and it's Why getting do you think bigger? I had the fucking panic attack? <laughs> and my dad, my dad who is not like a like a changer and didn't say this in earnestness, but like ultimately was right. He was like, okay, so what you, you have a certain lifestyle. And if you don't want to use these foods anymore, we'll get an ice box. We'll get rid of our refrigerator. We won't have TV anymore. We won't have this anymore. And, and he was saying it to be like, shut the fuck up, little kid. But he's right, right? Like we have a certain, uh, standard of living that we rely on. And it's not like, oh, man, I don't want to give it up. It's like, we can't exist without refrigeration. Like, our society is not built for us to exist without a dependency on electricity and fossil fuels. And so, like, this has to be a giant 
systemic change. It didn't right. help the nine year old with the panic attack, though. And and the, the, these are it's oddly that the movie that I watched yesterday is just lining up perfectly with this episode because these are themes from that movie, Leave the World Behind. Julia Roberts has this monologue about like how she fucking hates people, but at the same time, like people say they want to do good, but deep down they know they'll never like do the thing that it takes to save themselves and the planet. And we all know it. And we're just going to keep going like this. And we're going to drink out of the paper straws and pretend that the ice caps aren't melting. Basically. Yeah. We love that. I, I, what ice caps? I had this transition that said climate fueled extreme weather is scorching and flooded the flooding the U.S. where anti drag bills have been proposed in more than a dozen God states. God damn it, Lindsay! <laughs> so, a book that we both read was "Into the Raging Sea" by your friend Rachel Slade, and that has like a you know it's a dad book. It's like a book about boats and hurricanes and stuff, but it has a a lot of really interesting background on why climate change is causing more extreme weather specifically where it causes this extreme weather and so like huge plug for that book which is was pretty great and rachel slate has a new book coming out in january and i believe it's called made in america i just want to check and it's about uh, manufacturing making it in america out one nine twenty four. A moving and eye-opening look at the story of manufacturing in America, whether it can ever successfully return to our shores, and why our nation depends on it. Uh, okay, but Patty's answer to all this doom and gloom is joy. She says that her goal is to inject joy into activism, and what's more joyful than music? Okay, right. Let's <laughs> get us back on track. Back on track. So Won't Give Up, though, was almost a lot more bleak, if you can believe it. Patty told Atmos magazine, I had the idea to do a requiem for a glacier, something that could be performed at a funeral for a glacier. That idea was really indicative of my theory around activism a few years ago, this naming of things for what they are, and these glaciers are dying. I've had a really big change of heart and approach over the last few years in terms of seeing how, yes, the realities of climate change are so real, but so are the people, the solutions, the possibility, and the potential for change. If we want to build a movement, we have to create a culture where people can act in sustainable ways and be moved to action by long-term motivators that allow room for imperfection and progress rather than these short-term fear-based motivators. Interesting, right? So... So fear, right, fear-based motivation we know is not really going to do anything because it hasn't done anything in the last ever, <laughs> basically. You know, it may have done it with the ozone layer. I like, when I was a kid, I don't really know like what the marketing was of like how we fixed it and like did we actually even fix it. So yeah, okay, joy, right? Make people believe in life again and they will want to change the the planet for the better hopefully i guess i mean good luck (laughs) i i that sounded cynical i just i mean like good luck also there's this video of me in first grade like our whole class had to do like a little play and we all had to like say something and my what i said was i want to move to venus i'm hot and the reason i was so hot was because the ozone (laughs) was diminishing and i was burning I thought it was because men are from Mars and women are from Venus. No, it was because I was sexy even as a first grader. I'm going to give you a chance to rephrase that. I was being ironic, sarcastic. Don't you think? Okay, back to Patty. Quinn came onto the project and said, what if we turned it into a really different thing? So who is Quinn Christofferson? Yeah, who is Quinn? Quinn Christ- <laughs> I keep, keep wanting to say Christofferson. Who is Quinn Christofferson? I'm so glad you asked. Quinn Christofferson is an American singer-songwriter, native of Alaska. Right on. Best known for his song Erase Me, which describes his experience with male privilege as a transgender man specifically his relationship with male privilege following his transition. Uh, we're going to listen to this song, which in 2019 won NPR's Tiny Desk, 
tiny desk contest out of over 6,000 entries. It says this video filmed for the 2019 Tiny Desk Contest. Oh, okay. it is the submission. Yeah. 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 I used to be someone I hated I used to cry a lot Well, this song's gonna make me cry Yes, it is I used to think I was a woman So I got used to pulling the short stick Now you all, you think I'm man enough I got so used to pulling the short stick I don't know what to do with all this privilege Cause I got a voice now I got power, but I can't stand it. I got a voice now. Oh, I got power, but I can't stand it. And nobody. Interrupts me And nobody second guesses my opinions And nobody tells me that I can't do it But I got so used to Pulling the short stick And I don't know What to do all this privilege I got a voice now Oh, I got power But I can't stand it yeah, I got a voice now Oh, I got power but I can't stand it I'm tired of people trying to erase me I'm tired of people Trying to erase me I'm tired Of people Trying to erase me Yeah, I'm tired Of people Trying to Some pedal got turned off or unplugged, and the guitar kicked out. And so, you know, they're in the middle of the song. The uh, guitarist is, like, still playing to keep the tempo. And basically, Quinn just, like, kicked the pedals until they turned back on, which is, like, what do you do? What do you do in the middle of that? Um, But that is, like, 
definitely not planned. Um, and uh, I'm surprised that they stuck, stuck with it. Yeah, well, because it's like it's like I get it, right? Because it's raw, it's real. It's like it's a single shot. So, yeah. you know, this is maybe the best performance, and they're just like fuck, fuck it, it's real. They also filmed this in the Anchorage Art Museum, mm-hmm. so uh, you know it's work. it's possible that uh, you know they're just like you, you got you got to get out of here, man. Yeah, you get one take. Oh, uh, I think they got more than one take, but maybe this was the last take. It was good. So this is Quinn on "Won't Give Up." We had talked about this idea of doing a requiem for weeks, and I thought it was really impactful. Amazing idea. But then when Patty and I got into the room together, we started talking about how we feel about nature and climate change. And it was like this wave washed over me. And I thought, hold on, we're already giving up before the song has even started. In my experience of writing about my own life, yes, there are dark times. But the way I can come from them now when I tell those stories can be with new empathy or new wisdom. To me, it feels like a strength to flip things over in a way that can be shared with more and more people. And it's just as impactful. In my culture, as an Alaskan native, we feel like we and nature are not two different things. We're the same. And so we're going to treat nature how we treat ourselves. When I talked that through with Patty, it instantly clicked. We're not going to give up on nature. We're not going to give up on each other. I think that's pretty powerful. I, I really like the idea of, of us not being separate from nature. And, and yeah. if that's the... I don't know. I'm not I'm not uh, very good at convincing people to do stuff. And so if this is if this is what's going to I I understand, you know, I understand the logic behind it of like what kind of hubris, though, is human beings that think they're the only creature on this planet that's like different, not separate, nature, not nature, well, like we're, we're fucking we're the we're the only the top of the food chain. Yeah, we're the only creatures that 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 name things right like like we we give ourselves names as humans we're not even animals right and so it's like we're we are but we like we separate our we like our linguistically we separate ourselves from nature anyway so like it's 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 the it's the silent thread of all of the like the way that we have built our society because we're the ones chosen by god to like yeah, because we're the we've been chosen by the. I feel like the, my dog understands my language. <laughs> Couple of words, treat, and my body language. Your body language, um, yeah. I, I mean, we definitely it is. It's like extreme hubris that we think that we're separate from nature because we've created the internet and roads. Ugh. Okay, let's go to something happy like Yo Yo Ma. Yo Yo Ma's been touring the world with his own personally funded cultural climate project called Our Common Nature. It rips. Good job. It's kind of like a pop up where he just like pops up in national parks and other like dope places and does a little concert and people are just whoever's there like gathers. He must have like an all terrain cello. (laughs) Okay. That shit. That shit That's is not. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, I'm, his <laughs> cellos are so fucking expensive. You think he's taking one outside? No, he in is. nature, which he we is. are separate from. <laughs> it came from nature. Temperature shifts are not good for cellos. Okay, relax, buddy. New York Times reported last December: our common nature, an intentionally broad and searching initiative that explores ways in which we can heal and enrich our relationship with the world around us has taken Ma to the Grand Canyon and Arcadia National Park to the Great Smoky Mountains in Hawaii. As it expands beyond national parks, he hopes that it will also lead to Antarctica. And for a few days in September, it brought him to the coal-rich Appalachians of West Virginia. In classical music, concepts like this have been handled with mixed success. Given the industry's sometimes oblivious treatment of environment and Ma's lofty ideals, cynics might be quick to roll their eyes at our common nature. All right, relax, people who know me. Yet it's convincing simply because of Ma. Aside from being the most famous cellist alive, he's a musician of immense conscience, a wholeheartedly earnest presence who tends to bring out the best in whatever company he's in, who soothes in moments of national mourning or global isolation. 
And now, with a philanthropic spirit and an open mind, he's hoping for nothing less than to newly understand his and our place in the world. So I have a question. Okay. Why is Yo-Yo Ma not as obnoxious as someone like Bono? Because Bono is obnoxious with this stuff, right? Like, like we just like never want to hear Bono open his mouth. And he care, but he cares so deeply about all this stuff, so earnestly about the war and the trees and the everything else. So why, why is I think Yo Yo Ma is different because I don't hate him, but like, why do we? Why is it? Why is are we cool with Yo Yo Ma doing it, and we like hate it when Bono does it? I think because maybe you like you could sniff out like ego and white privilege and maybe, honestly maybe i think i think <laughs> right what right like there is ego in there and you're just like what? shut up man yeah like when sean penn went to haiti and like just oh, like God. george washington <laughs> across the delaware but to haiti yeah. after the earthquake yeah bono does so much for his ego and a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. his initiatives have hurt more than they've helped I think that's right. I think I think it is that <laughs> that even though it seems very earnest on its surface, like you know, he's just like yeah. jerking off to this shit. He's like, I'm so fucking great. He forced his music onto our iPhones, and we All couldn't right. delete it. Yes, true. I hate Bono. Bono sucks. <laughs> if there's one thing that you should take away from this podcast, it's that Bono sucks. You got to get over the iPod thing. How could you? Yeah, because it happened. Nearly 20 years ago. It happened summer of 2005. Okay, but that is like one distinctive thing that only one artist ever did. And it was fucking Bono. It was fucking Bono. That's how confident he was. (laughs) I just want want to stress, he didn't do it himself, right? He wasn't like hacking the Gibson to like get you his music. like, like he He got paid from Apple to do that. So blame Steve Jobs, who's dead. Whatever. If there's one lesson you take from this podcast, it's fuck Bono. <laughs> Quote Yo-Yo. <laughs> I feel like he's a firsty lasty. <laughs> Culture is able to look at the macro universe and the micro universe and bring it back to a size that we can see, feel, touch, and analyze. What if there was a way that we can end up thinking and feeling and knowing that we are coming from nature and that we're a part of nature instead of just thinking, what can we use it for? I love that. I love that. And I think playing classical music in nature in remote places is a great way of calling attention to that. Ma said of won't give up. Glaciers make sounds, incredible sounds. If you listen, even for a moment, you can hear them creak and groan. It's a reminder that they are living beings, constantly moving and evolving, and now dying. I wanted to capture their voice and give the great depth of it something ancient and present, urgent. So as we saw in the video, the artists performed together in front of the Holgate and Exit Glaciers in Kenai Fjords National Park, which is part of Christofferson's Native Alaska. Yeah, I I almost went up there um, when I was in Alaska in 2021. Was I friends with you when you were in Alaska? Were you friends with me when I was in Alaska? Yes, we did the podcast already. I must not have been paying attention to you. Great. (laughs) Did you do anything interesting, like eat kangaroos? I did not eat kangaroos. We have to have talked about this. So I went to Anchorage. It was cool. And then I went to the Leanne and I went to the northernmost part of the of Alaska, which is called Utkavik. The like white name is Barrow, and it's still legal to hunt whale there. You did not only for maybe I maybe I didn't for a reason only for the native population. So there's like a team of scientists that live there, and they are. like they're legally allowed the native populations legally allowed to hunt 10 whale a year and the scientists have to like take blood samples and measurements and stuff before they can do it so while we were there we were only there for like two days they caught three whales and caught yeah or murdered well they murdered them but they caught them first and then murdered different so they um do you want you want me to tell you what i saw do you think I want to hear it? 
it was pretty metal. Okay. So they dragged. The whale was already passed on when I got there. But, like, it's a very small town, so everyone's like, we got a whale, we got a whale. Go out to the airstrip. Because there's, like, an old municipal airstrip that's covered in snow that's right on the water. And they get the they drag the whale to the shore with like their boats and then they hook it to a tractor and they pull it out of the water with a tractor it's already dead and then the entire town comes out with like a big thing of coffee and like snacks and sodas and they butcher the whale in the snow on the airstrip and they split it up and everyone in the town gets some all of the native people in the town get some um and the it's like split up is like one third goes to the scientists, one third goes to the people who caught the whale, and the other third gets split among the town. And so I and the kids in the town come and they like play on the whale. They like they like climb up it and slide down its tail like a big slide. And so we just like watched them do this. There was so much fucking blood, but it wasn't gross. I'm like not I don't like looking at blood. It wasn't it was like just so matter of fact and part of their culture that I was like, no, oh, this is fine. This is like super fucking metal so i have a bunch of pictures of like like whale carcass and so we ate some you guys are fucked up i just try i just tried it when am i ever gonna get to do that again no no the two is the two is (laughs) disgusting i didn't love it no one it the muscle tastes like salty beef and the muckluck tasted like very like soap like 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 salty soap. So there's a Judy Bloom book called Blubber. <laughs> Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret the Whale. And this is like all I remember. This is how I learned the word blubber. Sure. And then learned that it was like in margarine. As a as a fat kid growing up in Pennsylvania, I learned the word blubber a different way. But that's the plot of the book. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they weaponized it against me. And it takes place in Pennsylvania, in Philadelphia, a suburb, Radnor. I didn't grow up in Radnor, but like, shit. <laughs> you should if, read Popper. This, this is like, um, <laughs> this is like Stranger Than Fiction, but it's just me <laughs> and a Judy Bloom book. That would be epic. You should read that book and then make that screenplay. Pay me a million dollars for the idea. No, thank you. Okay, whatever. She's going to be triggered. Let's get back to Patty, shall we? Who the fuck is Patty? Patty said, I think that so much more art is activism than we think. Take music. It's played such an important role in every single social justice movement on this planet, from the American Civil Rights Movement with the song We Shall Overcome to anti-war anthems. And I don't know why it's not playing more of a role with climate. From my very queer lens, I think that drag is nothing but political and is nothing but activism. All the way back to the queer rights movement, especially in the U.S., drag queens led the charge, and I think they still do. I don't often look at myself as part of that, but I think so much about the collective power of drag and the effect it can have when it comes to community organizers, people that are living loudly and proudly. Yeah, I buy, I buy that for a dollar. My theory of change when it comes to climate is try to have an effect on what you can control. People fight for what they love, right? So if I can get people outdoors, especially queer youth that are oftentimes the most disconnected people from climate, and if they can fall in love with nature, then they'll fight for it. One of the most harmful things in this world is how much capitalism has disconnected us from nature and from each other. Whoa, 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 Patty. Let's not (laughs) say things we can't take back. There are so many climate activists that I really look up to who are bringing people together. I look at what Quinn is doing to make music and community, especially for queer people. That takes so much work and is so often unseen. I mean, that's an interesting, I like really, I like the idea of, like they've convinced me that that the idea of fighting for someone, something you love instead of fighting against something that you hate is like a better way to to make change right we shall overcome and why hasn't there been a climate anthem maybe because it feels very like pollyanna-ish or something i don't know and like fighting against like monsanto is like a quick way to burn out and pull your hair out yeah 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 for sure 
So yeah, I agree with you. But it wouldn't be drag if the outfits weren't fabulous, would it? Certainly not. (laughs) So the outfits in the video were designed by Lisa Zhang. She's a sustainable designer who, quote, Patty, took a zero-waste approach. From my dress to Quinn's two-piece to Yo-Yo Ma's scarf, she hand-dyed all this fabric to symbolize air pollution, making the look symbolic of the thing that is killing these glaciers. I don't know if that... Totally comes across. I mean, they do kind of match in this like gray. It looks like tie dye. Yeah, but it also like it met like the whole the whole vibe was very gray because they're like in the these like this rocky area. So like I don't know. I don't know if that like went all the way in there, but okay, sure. Well, that was the uh intention. The intention. Yeah. So Patty says we tried to do everything with purpose in this project. My dad's from Alaska, and after he died seven years ago, I took his ashes to Holgate Glacier, where we filmed the video, to scatter them. It felt very surreal to be back in that same place where his ashes are, and it reminds me, again, of our connection to nature and how lucky we are to get a chance to fight for this thing while we're alive. I, like, I like was very worried about her zero-waste approach with her dad's ashes, but, uh, like, the grayness of the air pollution came from my dad. Oh, interesting take. I was just worried that that's where it was going to go. Glad it didn't. <sighs> there's something eerily connected or or interest there's like an interesting connection with the uh LGBTQ community and the trans community and like the the idea of the impermanence of everything, of life, right? Of our bodies returning to the earth and just being vessels to hold our souls or whatever because uh especially with the trans community the body is just like a vessel Mm. to hold the soul and in a lot of cases the factory sent the wrong body um to 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 house the soul Mm. you know what i mean yeah I have this hope that all of the evil people of the world will be reincarnated as like an animal that is just a miserable animal, you know, getting snuffed out and by humans. Sure. Send that soul into that body. But like, but like, but like, you don't want the animals to get snuffed out by the humans. No, I don't. But so so you're like make them make them a fucking white horned rhino and then save them. Yeah, and then they'll be like, they'll know all the sins that they committed while they were human. Sure. Okay. Sure. What are we going out on today, Aviv? Just fucking whale sounds, I guess. Nope. When I was a kid, you know, very sheltered. We had like Raffi, but our favorite musical artist was... Jellyman Kelly. (laughs) We had Jellyman Kelly. But our favorite musical artist was Tom Chapin, who is actually brother of Harry Chapin. Oh, the Cats in the Cradle guy. The Whales and the Waddle. He's a fantastic singer and songwriter, but he chose to use his voice for good to mold children. Um, So this is the Whale song by Tom Chapin. Why the... Wait, 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 wait. What? Why are you casting aspersions on Harry Chapin? What did fucking Harry Chapin do oh, to no, you? Oh, no, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> Unlike his dipshit brother, Tom <laughs> Chapin's awesome. He sings about whales. And I probably wouldn't be a, such an annoying to my father liberal if it wasn't for Tom molding me, grooming me from such a young age. You should You should carry a tape recorder around with you all day and then listen back to it at night and be like, should I have said that like that? I was a sexy first grader who was groomed by Tom Chapin. Okay, I have enough anxiety. Please don't like ask me to replay things in my head at night. <laughs> On a fateful day in the month of May, I was sitting catching fish when a magic whale swam up to the rail and said, please make a wish. So I said, well, gee, I'd love to be like you, a giant whale. Where can people find us on the internet, Lindsay? Find us on the internet at Lyrics for Lunch on Instagram and Twitter. And for longer and weirder stuff, hit us up on uh, an email. We're at lyricsforlunch at gmail.com. If you have any requests or things that we missed 
your favorite whale story, let us know. As the flounders said to the I really hope you listen to these lyrics the later and think about your actions. Oh, me. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tune in next week when we do this all again with a brand new song where we ask, can we ruin this for you? Uh, and until next time, I'm Aviv Rudenstein. I'm Lindsay Tucker. Saying, save the whales. Don't eat whales. I swam the seven seas and sang a whale song. Sing a whale song. Sing a whale song. As the dogfish barked to the great white shark, sing a whale song. But there were some things I wish I could forget. Like that garbage scow off a of Curacao, or that oil spill below Brazil, or getting caught in that giant.